today's show, I'll be reacting to week three, including injuries, news, the games, good fantasy performances, bad performances, and then be going into waiver wire for week four, my top five waiver wire picks that are rostered in 40% or less of ESPN leagues prior to Monday night football. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, it's another reactions episode, and we had a wild week three, a wild and low scoring week three is what it was. I mean, because fantasy teams, you'll see the best performers were not the best players that you drafted. And a lot of them were guys that you would not have started. And therefore, I mean, your fantasy team probably didn't end up doing that well this week. Most people's fantasy teams didn't do that well this week, just in general. Like, I mean, I've had some leagues where like routinely like eight teams will score. Like, for example, I'm thinking of one league in particular, my home league. You'll routinely have like seven or eight teams or nine teams, even 10 teams score over 100 points. We had two teams score over 100 points in that league this week, a 12 team league. It was crazy. Nobody could like. I mean, if you just look at like the top running backs, the top wide receivers, for example, none of these guys are really in a lot of lineups. It wasn't your studs, a ton of studs disappointed. And so if you put together an average looking fantasy week, you probably had one of the top scores in your league and should probably feel pretty happy about that because it was brutal out there in general. So I'm expecting most of those guys to bounce back is the general rule with the studs. But yeah, let's get started. So we got news, going to talk injuries, reactions waiver wire let's get into it follow on twitter at calvin underscore sgf at sgf pod for the podcast send fantasy questions to either of those or second goal fantasy at gmail.com let's get into the news first lots of injuries to get started talking about the headline here is dalvin cook shoulder injury of course um alexander madison's available in a lot of leagues which we'll talk about in just a bit um but cook suffered a dislocated shoulder He's the Vikings are hopeful he's going to be able to suit up next week. Don't forget last year when I think Cook had this very same injury heading into the bye. He came back out there and dropped 200 yards on in his very next fantasy game. So if he plays, he's going to be just fine. Do not sit him because of this harness, because he had the same thing happen last year. He might not miss time, but if he does, Alexander Madison's worth a pickup. Mac Jones, ankle injury that he's going to have an evaluation and um, I mean, I think if it's Bill Belichick, he's not going to tell us something about it until he absolutely has to. But of course, it's his status is murky. This could hurt the Patriots pass catchers. David Montgomery, he got injured, of course, wasn't able to return to the game, but we could end up seeing him miss time. He might be more likely to miss time than Dalvin Cook is at this point. So watch Khalil Herbert. Michael Thomas, he's had a good start to the season with a foot injury. So keep an eye on the other pass catching options there. This could be a bump for Chris Olave if he doesn't play next week. Um, it doesn't, it's obviously concerning because Thomas has been hurt so much these last couple of seasons, but it doesn't sound too uh, serious at the moment. To talk about Loa. He came back in the game. That was a suspicious like return of the game for Tua Tagovailoa in the Dolphins win over the Bills because he looked as if he had a bad concussion. Came out, went to the locker room, quote-unquote cleared the concussion protocol. Investigations are underway potentially from the NFLPA about whether he actually did clear the concussion protocol, but he was back out there. It was scary. They're saying his back locked up. I don't know if I buy it based on the video, but we'll find out, and hopefully he's okay. T. Higgins... That was unfortunate. I mean, he um he came back, but that was he took a head injury and he already had a concussion this season. He potentially could have gotten another one, but he was cleared from concussion protocol as well. And yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it for this week. So let's jump into the reactions. (laughs) 
going to go through PPR scoring leaders, booms and busts for this week of who did well, who did not. So the quarterback one on the week was once again, Lamar Jackson against New England. He has been dominant. He's showing his upside with 107 rushing yards and touchdown. That's just huge. He was far and away the QB one. Lock him in your lineups. Jalen Hurts as well. Look at this. Jalen Hurts having a year three breakout potentially. He was great against Washington. He's just been good for real life football as well and for fantasy. And maybe he's molding into the prototype of a Josh Allen as the Eagles are now three and oh, or something of the sort. But speaking of Josh Allen was the quarterback three. Of course, he should be in your lineups. Trevor Lawrence, interestingly, the quarterback four. I think this I mean, he, the Jaguars just tore through the Chargers. The Jaguars are looking like a team on the rise. He's a guy to keep an eye on. And a guy to potentially start if he has good matchups like this one. Burrow, quarterback five against the Jets. He was pretty good. Good to see kind of a get right game. Boss, Tom Brady continues to be not that great. You just kind of have to keep starting him if you spent the draft capital on him because he is Tom Brady. And some of his weapons are likely to come back sooner rather than later. Matthew Stafford kind of stumbled. Didn't really have a passing touchdown. That was kind of the problem. Um we didn't see Carson Wentz throw for as many yards against Philadelphia. This was kind of expected, though. I mean, he had two really easy matchups beforehand. And, I mean, Philadelphia sacked him nine times. That's insanity. Absolutely crazy. Let's move on to running back. Here you'll see what I mean about the leaders. Let's read through them real quick. Khalil Herbert was the RB1. Derrick Henry was the RB2. Okay, not crazy. Jamal Williams was the RB3. Devin Singletary. Cordero Patterson. James Robinson. Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Pierce then Nick Chubb, and then Melvin Gordon rounded out the top 10. That is just a mediocre group of running backs. At least you, if you looked at that and saw those are the running, like say those are the running backs on somebody's team, or like it's like a deep dynasty league. They've got 10 running backs. You look at that and you're like, okay, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. But those are the, like, those are, that's not even an incredible group of running backs to have on one roster. But it, they were the top 10 running backs on the week. So if you had all 10 of those guys in a dynasty league, you're feeling pretty darn good after you saw that. But Herbert, of course, worth a pickup. He tore through Houston. He's a good running back. Khalil Herbert should have more opportunity elsewhere. Hopefully he gets some opportunity. We saw Swift being limited again this week, which kind of gave us unexpected Jamal Williams burst. He's kind of just going to be a touchdown vulture for the most part. Derrick Henry's always great. Singletary had a lot of receptions. He's always going to be interesting. And uh, I mean, he can quietly put up some good games like that one. Cordero Patterson, again, one of the guys I hyped up this offseason. You better have drafted him because he still had all the opportunity in the world in this offense and went crazy. So absolutely. We saw that Damian Pierce breakout game at last. Good to see. James Robinson has not missed a beat. So Travis Etienne not looking like a good fantasy draft pick at all. And Robinson looking like a much better one later in the late rounds. Let's look at wide receivers. Same story. Here we go. Devontae Smith, Mac Hollins, Marquise Brown, Russell Gage, Zay Jones, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper, Romeo Dubs, Isaiah McKenzie, Devontae Parker was the top 10 at wide receiver this week. It's crazy. Devontae Smith, though, I mean, he was tearing up Washington like you wouldn't believe. One of his catches was like a long one that potentially wasn't a catch, but didn't get challenged. But he was one yard shy of his weight in this game. He's 170 pounds and dropped 169 yards. I was hoping he'd reach that benchmark, but he didn't. Mac Hollins, that's just a weird one. Like something you can probably ignore, but like, my goodness, he was really good. Marquise Brown, there's the breakout we expected. I mean, who else do the Cardinals have to throw to consistently? They have Greg Dortch, who we'll talk about later. But Marquise Brown is clearly the wide receiver one here. 14 catches, of course. PPR gem. He was fantastic. 
Russell Gage finally had the breakout week we were hoping for with all the opportunity that he had. Zay Jones has settled into a nice role with Jacksonville. So check your waiver wires if he's still there. Chris Olave, I hope you drafted him. One of the rookies that I liked later in the late rounds. He is starting to break out 147 yards. He had 13 targets the previous week. Now is able to mesh with Jameis Winston better than ever. He looks really, really good. Amari Cooper kind of bounced back from his poor week one. He's finding ways to still put up consistent fantasy production. And Romeo Dubs now on the rise. Romeo Dubs watch because he had a very good game with Aaron Rodgers. And if we see that more in the future, it's going to be very exciting. Of course. So let's take a look at the busts for the running back and wide receiver position as well. Of course, as we have to do. Miles Sanders wasn't too great. This is kind of to be expected. I, actually, I forget if I mentioned Sanders as a bust on last week's show or if it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But um, either way, I think like Sanders was a guy who was kind of going to just fall off because he had a lot of efficiency and he was and it's hard, kind of hard to expect that to keep up when he wasn't getting the consistent touch workloads. And I mean, the Eagles were still dominating, but this was just a Jalen Hurts led offense. Miles Sanders is never going to be a workhorse. And speaking of Clyde Edwards Lair, zero yards on the ground, but did pick up a touchdown. So another guy who got very few carries and his efficiency just fell off a cliff. Certainly didn't expect that that much, but Edwards Lair and Sanders are two guys I expected to regress. But of course, yeah, I mean, when you can't get any yards with your seven carries versus you get 874 the previous week, it changes things a lot. And he had like that one big run that last week that really helped him a lot. So, yeah, it's kind of it, Sanders is always risky. Joe Mixon was just annoying, annoyingly bad. He had an injury through the game. I think he should be fine. But um, it was just I mean, it wasn't the best. And I think I, I actually forget he might have returned to that game. But either way, just wasn't very efficient. It was strange. But I think there'll be a get right game for him soon. And yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it for the running backs, wide receivers. Allen Robinson, just annoyingly inconsistent. It's probably how it's going to be as the wide receiver two, clear wide receiver two behind the best wide receiver in the league, or one of them in Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson got locked up by Detroit for some reason. So someone you uh, obviously are still locking into your lineup, but he'll have those inconsistent games rarely, but from time to time. Darnell Mooney, the breakout week against Houston didn't happen. Sorry, guys. I think the Darnell Mooney train, I think you should still actually buy low if you can or pick him up if he's on the waiver wire, but it's just weird. Like he's such a good receiver, but the Bears, the offense has just been so bad that they haven't gotten the ball to him at all. I don't know like how they got so much worse from last year because at least last year, Mooney got the ball. Tyreek Hill, strangely quiet against the Buffalo. Sometimes that happens with Tyreek Hill. But I think more often than not, Mike McDaniel is going to make sure to get him heavily involved in the offense. Tight end one on the week as we move to tight ends. It was Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey keep battling back and forth for the tight end one overall spot. They're in their own tier. Both great. Kelsey was the tight end three this week. David Njoku was the tight end two, having a nice little breakout. Maybe he's got the chemistry with Jacoby Brissett, and he's a guy to look for if he's on your waiver wires. And then Tyler Conklin as well, tight end four. Also, we got to see Kyle Pitts have an actually decent game. He was the tight end six. Awesome to see. I hope you bought low. Cal Pitts and Derrick Henry were two guys that I tweeted about earlier this week that you should really buy low on in fantasy football. And I hope you did because Derrick Henry was the RB2. Kyle Pitts, not that great, but had a better game and he's only going to get better from here. Dawson Knox wasn't too great for tight end busts. Always the guy I was avoiding in the middle rounds. I mean, it's just too difficult. He doesn't get consistently targeted by Josh Allen. Like he won't have, he could have one target in a game very easily. And it's hard to start a guy with that kind of low floor. Other than that, pretty much it. And so, yeah, that's, that's it. Let's move on to waiver wire. 
These guys are rostered in 40% or less of ESPN leagues. Top guy, Khalil Herbert. He was the RB1 on the week. You're picking him up, of course, because, I mean, he was the RB1, and he could potentially start again next week without David Montgomery. Alexander Madison, same story. If Cook is out, he's a decent RB who will get good work in this offense. Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch is a wide, like the wide receiver 23 currently, I think, in half-point PPR leagues. He's been getting a lot of target, like a high volume of target share. He has basically been the wide receiver two in this offense behind Hollywood and been consistent throughout the first three weeks. So, I mean, he's just been a practice squad guy for the first three years in the NFL until this. So sneaky guy who you just stash on your bench, maybe start if you need one, because we're kind of getting to that territory with Greg Dorch where he's had enough good games in a row to where, I mean, he should be on rosters by now and you should potentially be considering him to start. Romeo Dubs, we talked about him earlier, potentially on the rise, could be Aaron Rodgers' top option, maybe. That'd be awesome. And then Tyler Conklin also having some good weeks, eight receptions for 84 yards last week. The other two weeks weren't too bad either. He's the tight end four currently overall and half PPR. So it's weird, but Tyler Conklin's being targeted by Joe Flacco. Once Zach Wilson comes back, the story could change completely, unfortunately. And I think it might, but if you need a one week start and Joe Flacco plays next week, it can be Tyler Conklin. That wraps up the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Start Sit Show later this week. Send your questions on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time.